Hello, Adriana, and welcome to Skills for Mars. I'm very glad to be hosting you. Hi, Julia, and thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm really pleased to have this opportunity and to talk about career coaching. So thank you. Yeah, especially in the uh, sort of career coaching that is very found for for both of us, 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus people that still dream of changing their lives and don't really know how to go about it. Very true. And I think even lucky if they are still dreaming about it. Yeah, because I think those that is the lucky group of people. But there is also a group of people who think that, you know, they stop dreaming completely. And it's a, such a shame because they have 20, 30 years of working life ahead of them. So true. how did you get into this? How did I get into this? Oh, my Lord. Um, you know, I went through a, a career transition or what people call a midlife career crisis, maybe if you like, uh, early in my 30s. My background is in accounting and finance. And, um, you know, although I was doing really well in my career, uh, I was so much in my work focused on the numbers, processes and so on. Yeah, and the people part as well as a manager, but didn't make, uh, all of a sudden, you know, things just started to happen and they didn't make sense to me. And... uh, that just made me think if I was on a good path, yeah, because I could progress my career in finance. But all of a sudden, I started these questions that I've never considered before. Like, you know, one day I remember sitting at work and I overheard my colleagues talking about retirement and they go like, ah, oh, they've extended like these years when you retire from 65 to 68. And I started to just look around, stop working. I'm thinking like, 35, 45, 65 is like another 20, 30 years of this. And my mind instantly went, no, but I've neglected that. So to cut the story short, I I knew I felt, uh, um, you know, people call it a calling or, or maybe your soul speaking to, to you, giving you the signs that maybe there is something else that you're not doing and you are meant to do. But I didn't know at the time what is one, uh, what it was. So I worked for a while with a career coach, um, actually with a life coach. And initially, I wanted to go into business coaching, helping people to set up freelance businesses. And um, as I was doing this part-time, I then changed my jobs, had a part-time job uh, during that transition. One of my colleagues actually turned around and she said, you know what, like, why are you focusing just on business people or on women in general? Like, have you ever considered career coaching? And to be honest, I had no clue that career coaching existed up until that point. You know, it wasn't people tell you, especially in coaching or mentoring, choose a goal and go for that. Well, it didn't work for me like that. I had to go through that process. And if you tell me about career coaching, I just honestly didn't have a clue that it existed. But it was my colleague who's noticed, well, you know, this is really your strength. This is your quality. Uh, why do you want to waste your time on business coaching? It's so many business coaches. You know, this was like four or five years ago. It was really the boom. And um, I asked her, why? Why do you, you know, it didn't even occur to me that people who were employed would be thinking of career coaching. And she goes, well, when you think about it, a person who is not happy at work, who are they going to talk to, right? They've got three choices. Number one, 
HR manager. Most of the time, they are really scared to go to HR because they don't want to give any signs that uh, something is not working because that, that may damage their reputation, Yeah, show their vulnerabilities. Second person could be their, their manager, but uh, manager might sometimes know how to support that person. But if there are no opportunities, you know, that also gives a little bit of maybe distrust that this person is not prepared to continue with the company if they are not a good fit with their with their goals or intentions. And the third one is when you come home, you can either talk to your friends, partner or to, to, to your family. There is only, you know, so many times that you can bother them with your career problems because at some point they are to stop listening or you just feel uh, like frustrated and fed up talking about it at home because you don't want to bring your career problems to your relationships. You know, relationships are for living. And and this is how it all kind of started to evolve. She, she made me to revisit and think what, what I was really good at. And this is how my first career coaching started, really. I think I've done it a long time before I officially started. It's uh, it's good. Um, I think that career coaching started to happen more and more often, and this is becoming a sort of a profession in itself. It's unregulated right now in the biggest majority. And uh, you get all sorts of people who pretend that they are coaches, but they don't actually do coaching. It's more like advice mm -hmm. on uh, LinkedIn or what, how to answer to an interview question and so on. But uh, it's getting more and more it's getting better and better that's that's mm -hmm. and it's more and more controlled you have ethical bodies and and so on and it's good it's happening i worked in hr all my life mm -hmm. but unfortunately we were not good enough at career coaching inside the companies mm -hmm. right uh, i did uh, i did the uh, recruitment so most of that happened, but it happened when a person was hired because they were always asking, okay, so what, what would be next for me? But that's mm -hmm. always very hypothetical. But when it yeah. comes to putting it in practice and when uh, internal mobility isn't working, when succession planning isn't working properly, when they don't have the right visibility over jobs and so on, I tend to conclude that we were poor at this. So mm -hmm. it's good that uh, someone can step in and uh, and support. <laughs> I'm curious, yeah. uh, Adriana, do most of your uh, customers, are most of your customers people who are interested to stay in the in the job that they are having or in the company that they are, they, they are with right now and just develop their career? Or are most of them interested of stepping out and doing something different? Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting question. And my honest answer will be split in two levels. I think the, uh, the first level is what triggers the career change or what triggers a person's desire for change. Yeah. And um, when you're at that stage that you want that change, it's usually that you're either not happy uh, in that job situation or you feel that there is a strong desire to do something else. Yeah. And initially, people think that. The, the, the way out of that is to escape the situation that I am in, yeah? And that might be either changing job, changing careers, maybe starting a business. But what I found from uh, working uh, with people is that I spend a lot of time um, using a holistic approach, connecting people's uh, 
like life situation, life events, uh, their financial situation, but they are at in order to make a successful career change. Uh, I talk to them about um, their stress at work, yeah, to see if they are prepared to actually execute the career change, or maybe they just need to deal with the burnout first, but the burnout makes them feel really, uh, you know, frustrated and agitated. They want to quit the job which they used to love before. So, it's not black and white. Every person is a different. And I think this is also why my services may be slightly different from any other career coaching that is more focused on strategies. Because from my experience, I observed that people can come away with three or four outcomes. Yeah. The number one is by aligning who they are, what are their values, what are the talents, what is their skill set. Um, by changing the way they communicate with their manager, they can really improve the situation they are in right now. And that's a very powerful starting point because then you can make a choice for a, for a career change, not from a place of despair, not from a place of um, resentment, but you are starting your career change from a place of empowerment and choice. Yeah. And I think this is the point that uh, I don't want to say many career coaches, but maybe performance coaches or um, people who focus like consultants who focus in different strategies to help people find a better job. They skip this important step. And by that, people are losing the opportunity to really discover what is it that doesn't make me happy in my career. Yeah. And out of that, then take time to discover what is it that I want next? When is the best time for me to make the move? Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm planning a baby and uh, I want to change my careers and I'm agitated at work because I can clearly see this is not what I want to do when I come back from maternity, it's not going to work. Yeah, the approach has to be slightly different to somebody who maybe is under too much stress at work and they cannot clear they cannot think clearly when they get home. They they stop being um uh, they they cannot even detach from work, yeah. So they cannot enjoy their family time. So I would say the triggers are usually to change the situation immediately, yeah, to escape it, whether it's change job, career or start a freelancing business. But the real need, the real desire that can help you with the long-term transformation needs time. And by all means, people then discover what is their best avenue for them. For somebody who's just aligning to find the same job, but in a better company, company mm -hmm. that is a better fit for them. For somebody else, it could mean that they maybe reach the ceiling and they've lost the passion for what they are doing and they want to start something else, yeah? And that could be either in a new career or that could be in starting their own business, yeah? But from, from my observation, I can see that people rush into these decisions very quickly because we live in a fast-paced world. We want everything to happen today. You know, today was already late and that takes away from that um, that uh, time that people need to actually calm down and connect with themselves. I think this is maybe due a bit to media as well, because you, I'm sure you, you read what I read as well. Uh, how to start a career in writing and make 5,000 in your first month. Yeah. How to start a career in coaching and do maybe even more uh, than, uh, than uh, that amount, which we both know it 
doesn't happen. Any new yeah. skill you learn requires time, it requires education, it requires exercise, it requires failing, learning. It's not that easy. So maybe there's a bit of a fake promise in uh, what they read online. So tell me a bit, because you know that I've done a, a series inviting uh, people who have changed their careers. And I'm curious mm -hmm. if you found the same things in your coaching um, uh, consulting. So most of them needed about one year of uh, finances saved up front so they mm -hmm. can go through, so they can have it saved up for at least one year of allowing the transformation to happen. Mm -hmm. Is it the same of what you found or do you think uh, there will be more required? Yeah. So again, my experience with people will vary from a person to person. Um, I use the tool called the Gallup Strengths Finder. Mm -hmm. And usually this helps me or helps me and the person I'm working with, my peer, to understand what are their needs, how they react, how they think. So I would say yes, in reality, is a good recommendation to, to have this one-year financial buffer whether it is a salary coming from a part-time job or savings and so on. But uh, I'm going to tell you a crazy thing. With me, it wasn't like that. When I decided to go for my career change, I had zero savings. In fact, I took a loan 10K. Why did I do it? Because I have a really high talent in responsibility and I knew I will make everything possible to pay that back. And that's actually really triggered me. For somebody, this would be such a big no-no and I would not recommend it, yeah? But at that time, it really helped me with my financial discipline. I had extra, you know, because I had two choices to make. Am I going to spend another two years saving for my career change or do I want to fund my career change uh, based on a loan where yeah, I, I pay interest, but for me it was about I either do it now or, or later. But I still went for that safer option. I uh, took uh, a part-time job and I continued to build my business gradually over the last four years. It's taken me five years, you know, and it still continues to grow. And one year was more profitable Another year was about making loans. So it's very different. And I think people really need to be uh, mindful about the promises they hear. Yeah, because especially these days, I think you hear with the high ticket uh, offer coaches, um, it's all about fast results. And it's very important to understand what that fast result means for me. Yes, there could be a few people who are lucky and they make those six, seven figure revenues, whether it's in their career or business. But what people don't often share is the time before that that preparation so you know in conclusion i would say it varies from a person to person and uh, when deciding uh, which coaching or consulting uh, i'm going to go for for either career change or the business growth i think people need to be mindful that um, yes if you're aligned and if you have done your uh, work on foundations your results can come very fast Tell me a bit, how do the Gallup strengths uh, work and how do they help people understand who they are? Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, 
how Gallup's works, basically, they've done, um, I think it's a 50 years of research into positive psychology. And uh, what I love about it, that it studies the, the human sexes. Yeah, it's, it's all about focusing on what people do well instead of what people don't do well. And the theory goes, if you multiply the time and effort you put into developing your strengths, Imagine what would happen if you spend the same amount of time that we focus on thinking why we are not good at it, you know, why we are uh, imperfect and all our weaknesses. Just take that amount of time every day and you shift it into your strengths to be, you know, more of you to, to build your not just career, but uh, performance around what really feels natural to you. Uh, then um, this is an amazing breakthrough for people. So Gallup has developed um, yeah, a few, I would say, matrix or tools which they use. One of my most favorite is uh, 34 um, talents or themes for a Gallup Strengths Finder. But what I love about it most compared to other tools is they don't put people in a box. Yeah, so you define uh, compared to maybe other matrices which work on archetypes and the combination of archetypes. And I always felt that you do an online test, you get the result and, and they, that result puts you in this box. And in that box, it tells you this is who you are. Yeah, uh, with Gallup, although you do your test and you get your combination of five top talents and then your dominant talents, uh, you still work with discovering what these talents mean for me. How do they show up in my life? Yeah, and I can tell you an example. Uh, I have two top talents, responsibility learner. If you have the two talents in your top five, they would show up differently to you than they are showing up for me. And this is the beauty. I think it's about discovering what natural gifts what natural talent, what is my natural capacity to excel that I already have, but I'm just not bloody aware of it because it's so natural to you. You know, and sometimes you're thinking at work, like people come to you and they pay you a compliment. Like, Julia, this was really well done. Fantastic job. Yeah. And what would be your natural reaction? What would you do? I would say, yeah, normal. If that's exactly like that's normal, that's nothing special, right? Yeah. And this is how normal the talent is that it becomes a part of your DNA, yeah. And because you do it, it's embedded in you, you don't recognize it. And we don't take time to study, we don't take time to analyze what makes us tick, what makes us excel, what makes us feel fulfilled, what makes us go into the status of flow, for instance. So the, this is why uh, I love Gallo because it's one of the very few tools that allows me to help people connect their curiosity with their greatness. Does it mean, just not to be misunderstood maybe, that once you know what are your strengths and you definitely build on them, does it mean that you shouldn't build on your weaknesses? Not entirely true. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is that uh, when you get your report of your 34 talents, of course, you see, and this is actually one of the first natural reactions of my clients. They don't look at what they are good at, but they go straight down to the bottom of that list and they go, I'm not good at this, this, this and this. 
Um, so the and that's naturally yeah, because this is how we are, I would say, functioning for such a long time at school, at work. We are focusing on what is not working on, and um, in in this or in Gallup's uh, methodology, we don't neglect the, the the weaknesses. Yeah, it's important for a person to learn what is not my natural talent. Yeah, you can, I would not even call it weakness, but it's not your natural talent. And it's important to learn how to manage it. Yeah, why am I reacting this way? Why maybe am I not understanding somebody else who has this talent very high because this is where the misalignment might happen. So it's important to learn how to manage them because they can impact your performance. But the powerful way is about how can you substitute them? Like these talents come in the four groups, like your, I think it's execution, influencing, um, relationship building and strategic thinking. Yeah. And if you are not strong in one of the areas, let's say uh, my, you know, I'm not good in realization, for instance. Yeah. I think I have just one talent in realization when it comes to execution it bores the hell out of me. Yeah, I can, I, I love creating strategies. I love being uh, visionary, looking in the future, connecting things. But when I have to execute, you know, I, I find it really hard on a day-to-day -day level. But what I do in order, you know, discipline comes at the bottom of my list. If it comes to discipline, it's like, it, it's crazy for me. But the way I've looked at it was, okay, what do I have in order to substitute for the lack of that? Yeah, because I would use discipline in order to execute. And one of my top 10 talents is uh, responsibility. So I know that I would complete or execute a task from a place of, uh, from the place of responsibility rather than from a place of discipline. discipline. So, so, so you, you still can achieve the similar outcome but the way how you do it, it's different. It's unique to you. Does that make sense? Have I explained that uh, quite well? For, for sure. Um, I noticed at least with the people that I have uh, dealt with and I've asked and uh, those who maybe were very surprised that someone else was making a very big change in their life. And even when they try to do it, they got stuck at the moment of exactly what you said, execution and discipline. Mm -hmm. Because when you decide you want to change your career, at least in my view, you have to learn something new, right? You have to learn. Uh, sometimes it's a hard skill. It's not necessarily a soft skill. Right, maybe you want to go into programming and you need to learn a bit of uh, mm -hmm. Python, uh, or you want to go into writing and you need to learn a bit about uh, writing and put that mm -hmm. effort every day to write one article, check up with friends, and uh, even knowing yourself, right? Asking friends, mm -hmm. getting feedback, really trying to understand. It requires execution and discipline or responsibility mm -hmm. and whatever. Do you find the same in your practice that that's where most people get stuck? And if you do, what are some tips so they can get? unstuck and they can finally move on to doing something for themselves rather mm -hmm. than just thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So from what I observed, um, and this is why I, after two or three years, actually introduced the holistic approach to my coaching is that it's linked with people want to have the results very fast. Yeah. And this is if I don't get the result within next month, six months or one year, I feel like I'm not executing or I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it, but it's not true. 
Yeah, so I think there are two tips I would give to somebody who feels that they know what they want and they want to execute. The first one is be really clear on what is it that you want. And you might not know what you want like in long term, but at least make it clear what your next step is. Yeah, so if I want to learn the programming, I know what I want to learn, but I also need to understand what is the benefit of that for me. Yeah, it's very, uh, you use the word what I have to, yeah? And by nature, you know, if you tell me, Adriana, if you want to go into, uh, let's say, HR, you need to learn about the law, I'd, I'd go, are you crazy? Why would I want to do that, yeah? It's, uh, and it comes then with the second tip, understand your why, understand your internal driver behind it. And this takes a little bit of why. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it, it takes a little bit of time to discover your why. And that's the process that we want to rush because we want to jump into learning the skill. But when you think about it, what would you have to lose if you take six months to discover what your talents are, what your values are, what your purpose is? Yeah, what is that why that, that drives you that I really want to learn about the law? compared to the next five, 10 or 15 years that you are stuck in the wrong job. So third thing or third tip I would give to people is consider it you know, from a bigger picture. Yeah, if I want to make a career change, what is my why? If I was to learn about the law because I want to go into HR, why do I want to go into HR? How is it allow me to serve people? What difference am I going to make to people at workplace? Uh, maybe even what difference am I going to make to people at home? Because sometimes for somebody to come home and be able to switch off from work, be able to, let's say, maybe even work remotely, yeah, because there might be a new job opportunities these days. I know you're very passionate about remote working. If you're a parent and you know that you can start working from home, which is what you would desire, wouldn't that give you the benefit? So I think it's, you know, these three things. Uh, be mindful of the timeline. Yeah, how quickly, um, what is the long-term vision for that? What is your why? And just spend a bit more time on discovering to, to build those foundations because once you are clear, you know, I get better days. Uh, in career coaching. Sometimes I feel a person that is not my ideal client would book the call, but I still go on that call prepared to serve and to make a difference because I know this person has expressed interest and I'm there to serve them. And I know I'm serving them from a higher place of making a difference, empowering them to get unstuck. Should they transfer should any of us because we never know when uh, when uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, both of us on the line as well again <laughs> should we go on our passions and hobbies and transform them into work or is there that's something a, more about that that's a very good question and i've seen this a lot i actually remember when i went through my process of the career change and and starting thinking what is my business venture going to be all about uh, I, I remember going through my passions or my hobbies and it's more and more common to see this favorite line from passion to profit yeah my take on it is uh, is a little bit skeptical I don't I think there is a job for every passion 
but not every passion of yours is going to turn into a dream job. And what I mean by that is, you know, you will see paintings behind me. So I love, I love all painting. I love nature. Uh, I, um, at the time when I was looking for my career change, I was stuck in processes and numbers. Um, if you tell me that day that I'll be, I'll be teaching and coaching people in career transitions, and that is my passion, I would ask you, Yulia, are you crazy? Because when I was at school, and the teacher sat me next to a lower performance. I used to hate it. Like, honestly, I used to hate it. So it took me, it took me time to actually discover that training and uh, mentoring and coaching is my passion. And I found it through uh, setting up um, a community group, yeah? And that community group came out of pinpointing a three passion of mine. Number one, I knew that my passion was in education. I always loved learning and I wanted to be in an industry that is all about education, empowering people, helping them to learn somehow. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I think the second one was organizing events. At the time, I was really you know, excited when I could uh, organize something, if it was a birthday party or, or whatever that was that, that just really made me light up and connect with people. And, and the third passion, I don't know if it would be even a passion, uh, was more, I wanted it to be creative. Yeah. So whether it was painting, I figured out that, um, Painting wouldn't do it for me in long term because I cannot imagine that I would be able to deliver on demand. And this is a big key for somebody to think about. So yes, I think starting to review what are your hobbies or what are your passions is a good starting point. It's only one of the elements. So I wouldn't recommend solely just focus on that passion, but how to turn it into something that you can create a profession out of is to look at, is there a need right now out there for that kind of passion of or mine? There be a need as well, right? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. A supply, you know, the demand exactly. and, and offer, because you might be passionate about painting, but if people right now don't feel it's, they want to invest in that, you know, you're, it's going to be very difficult. Yes, you can find the ways around it. I'm not saying no, but might be a bit more difficult. So I would start from that point. What is needed right now? And what are you able to sustain even when you are going through very difficult times, when things are not working, um, let's say you want to go into IT, and yes, you want to start learning programming, but you cannot get any job, yeah? But that temporary failure is not going to discourage from following your passion because you, you know at some point it's going to turn around. By the way, curious about something. Did you ever have someone who really started on a journey of a career change, uh, experimented with a new thing, and then in a couple of months, three months, they just decided they will go back to their old job? Old job. Yes. I personally didn't, uh, but it's actually happened to me. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you are laughing, but one of the reasons I've started with career coaching, because I wanted to quit management. Uh, so I would say, I don't know anyone, but maybe my experience would be the best. I was sick and tired of managing people. And as a manager, I should never say this out loud. Yeah, there's going to be what? so much 
judgment. Why did, just, what did you like? Why? I don't. I, I was just tired. You know, I've mm-hmm. got to that stage where the company I work was uh, very stable, financially stable. That was uh, we we were flying through years 2007, 2008 when the big crisis hit in the UK. I was doing very well. I was actually getting promoted during that time. I have to con uh, managing uh, accounts payables. Uh, quite exciting times. We were launching new system, changing procedures, processes. I had to train people, but it got to the point, and uh, I, I think I was burned out. I didn't realize, you know, uh, my work and life balance didn't work at the time very well. So I had to learn the hard way. But it got to the point where. I thought it was about management. Yeah, I thought the managing is not for me anymore. I had to work long hours or I felt that I had to work long hours. And it got so bad that just before, when I saw people coming to my office, in my mind, I just went, not again, not another one. You know, I I just couldn't cope anymore. And that's such a bad thing to say for a manager. And it was my mother has just realized, like, are you really happy there? So she's triggered me to start thinking about it. So I quit that job and I've got a part-time job whilst figuring out what am I going to do in my business. Um, I quit that job and I've got a part-time job as an accountant. But what happened within three or four months was... Uh, my boss was leaving and I've got the opportunity to take on the role of a manager. A small team this time. And uh, I was already working with uh, with a coach, actually, who focused at the time on uh, Gallup's Trends Finder. And I thought, you know what, maybe this is a signal. Maybe it's not so much about the job, but it's about how I'm doing that job, what am I, uh, what am I not doing wrong, but where am I disconnected from how I can serve people, yeah, because I obviously had leadership skills, but the the stress and burned out uh, really worked against me, so that was a natural evolution for me, then I thought, okay, uh, if I want to be a great manager, what can I learn next, and that was a stress management coaching, so I took a course in, in London, um, learned how to do stress management coaching that I could apply at the workplace, volunteer in the meantime. And I actually have two careers now. Uh, I run my business still part-time. and uh, But that's okay because that gives me time to really think, how do I want to make a difference to my clients? What is the best service I can offer them? Yeah, what is the what is it that they need? So um, at some point, I know it's my flip, it, it might not, but uh, it really makes me happy. And it actually helped me to skyrocket my, my, my leadership career. So I have now a team of uh, 50 up to 70 people, six, six or seven teams, a big department. And, um, you know, and I'm managing within normal nine to five hours, running the business on the site, keeping my uh, work and life balance and um, even having the time for for my partner. So it's possible. And I would say that's also a blessing for a person. So what's the one thing that really helped? It's it's very hard to do what you are doing. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's impossible that I think it requires a sort of mental strengths, understanding yourself, understanding where you get your energy from and where you're not, how to get, how to make time and make space for yourself to be flexible enough so you can switch between them. It requires a bit of understanding of how to do it and 
do you have any tips for anyone who's in the same situation, try, trying to juggle normal jobs with a side hustle, just trying to understand, hey, do I need to change yeah. careers or not? Yeah, do I need to change? That, that's a very good question. And I'll be very honest. I, I don't have a one formula for that. Yeah, I think it really depends on, first of all, your motivation and your bigger vision. Yeah, it's when I went through that career change um, or transformation, deciding am I going to go into business or not, um, I questioned what my why was. And I really cared that um, people who I work with will come away feeling empowered and excited about themselves, about their career prospects, whether it's at work or whether it's at, at home. And that purpose keeps me going. You know, there is... I think I had three or four times a really, really uh, strong moments when the clients were not coming, my inspiration was not coming, I felt stuck and uh, I wanted to give up. But the next day I've got the new inquiry and I think this, this strong resonance with my purpose, how I want to serve, how I want to make the difference just, just helps me to keep on going. And I don't think about it anymore that it's draining uh, it's actually interesting that my partner often says like, uh, you know, I finish my work at five, sometimes 5.30 and then, I, then I'm then i coaching clients in the evening and I come to the living room at eight o'clock and he's like, you just look like you have come out of the gym or, or a fitness session. I'm like, really? I'm like, when you do what you love, it just gives you such an energy boost. So the tip I would give to people is... If you have your day-to-day -day job and your side hustle, side business, whatever you want to call it, look at where are you misaligned with your talents. Because what will happen is if you're in your day-to-day -day job, if you're in a job that you really hate, yeah, that gives you a strong desire to escape it and to run your business. But the next day, you need to go back to it. And that feels draining. And you don't need to quit that job. This is, this is um, I would say... Um, um, I would say a limiting belief that people think if I'm stressed, if I'm not managing in the job, if I'm unhappy that you have to quit it right away. Uh, in my experience, you don't. Uh, what can help you is you can take three months to look at discovering your talents and then aligning that job with um, exploring different way of working, exploring a different way of how can I complete this task? Like, where is the joy? Where is the passion coming in? Bringing myself to work, actually. Uh, might sound like a very naive concept. I get it. But um, unless you do it, no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. And, and I think with the work these days, it's so important that you use that time in both in your career or in your business on things that excite you, that bring you to life, that infuse the passion. So, in fact, yes, I have uh, two businesses. I might work sometimes 60 hours. You know, I've lost count. I don't count how many hours I work on my business because I grew so many skills out of that. I've learned how to blog. I've learned how to set up my own website. Uh, I'm learning now how to write a book in the future. I've learned how to do Facebook Live. So if somebody asks me to present now in front of audience, 500 people, 1,000, I'll be a lot more comfortable with that. So just bring that passion into it. Yeah, and then then it's um, it doesn't it doesn't drain. You just need to be mindful that because 
if a passion burns, it can also burn out. Yeah, so it's then about making that connection. It's not just about the business and work. So I, I use diary. I, I talk to my partner quite regularly about how is the next week going to look like, what are our plans, and just really schedule that and keep that commitment uh, up. I really like this. If a passion burns, it can uh, also burn out. I've never heard yeah. it before. I wrote <laughs> it down because it's uh, it's uh, it's nice. It's catchy as well. <laughs> uh, another thing that uh, that I found and I wanted to discuss with you, uh, Adriana, today is that I I think we live in a market in which for the people that are 40, 50, 60 and want to make a change, there's a bit of a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. the disadvantage of of age and i still think that this is the biggest discrimination we make when we hire people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we either need them very young or we need them very experienced but if they had a break in job or if they made multiple changes we still didn't switch our mind and we didn't adapt to the new way of working right and mm-hmm. finding people who may maybe have skills at different intersections and getting mm-hmm. the, the getting the value out of that right i don't think companies are, are there yet and i have seen a lot of the people very scared who has started this uh, this journey they are uh, through it one year two years maybe even three years into it so they have mm-hmm. given themselves enough time to do it but if they're trying to find right they are 30 35 40 if they're trying to find an internship with a company uh, all the internships are set up uh, with, uh, working with the government legislation which uh, mm-hmm. then gives them a certain amount uh, paid by the government uh, and mm-hmm. they pay the salary like that so there's no internship for someone who who's studying by themselves mm-hmm. and, and trying to get a job so they can prove they have experience. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go and you tell, uh, I had someone who was an opera singer and then uh, then moved into marketing uh, when she was 30 something, right? Uh, if you go and, and you tell, hey, uh, I've been an opera singer, today I'm a marketeer, uh, it doesn't, right? The change doesn't really happen and there's no employer very rarely that someone who would say, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I see the skills. I see the past performance. Uh, I understand you have the potential, uh, come, come and do it. I trust you. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel that there's a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to people really trying to make that switch when they're older. Mm -hmm. What have you encountered? Has anyone that you worked with with uh, found any solutions? Have you seen any solutions working um, in 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 the places where you have uh, been? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the group of people I work with is mainly in the thirties or forties. So I would say to make that shift there at that point, it's still probably a little bit easier than when you are in your forty-five or in your fifties. Uh, Saying that, I am part of many business communities where actually women in their 50s started a business. Yeah, and uh, I think sometimes this comes as a last resource, but uh, or a last resort, but uh, it could be a very powerful avenue. Um, One thing that really comes to my mind is um, is is volunteering. I personally found uh, volunteering extremely powerful when I went through that uh, one or two years of discovering what my next career move will be. And I think I volunteered within the three three different projects or organizations and uh, that helped me to get the skills, but also to get a foot in the door. Yeah. And sometimes this is not, I would say, the traditional uh, way how to find a job. 
But uh, you build credibility, people want to trust you, and you then know you, you can make that switch from volunteering and uh, when the role comes up, apply for that role. And because you already have that relationship, people already know you, they can see who you are. Uh, it, it's a lot easier than when you do it through other means. But I think there is a bigger message that, that we have to share these days. and. That's about empowering, I would say, even recruiters, how they think about a career change. Yeah, because uh, I would always say if people ask me, I recently had a client who's uh, in his 30s um, and he was worried. He had the same concern like, okay, but I want to go into this field. I don't have the skills. I don't have the experience. I have transferable skills. He says, uh, what do you think? Um, will there be, you know, will they even consider me? Well, my honest answer is I do not know. But what I do know is when you find a company aligned with your values, companies who are, let's say, maybe uh, um, thinking differently or thinking in the same lines on the same wavelength as you are, it's a lot easier. And sometimes it just needs a little tweak, like you're in the same industry, but look for the values that the company is is living. Yeah, if you go into the big corporate world, of course it's going to be harder to approach. Um, you know, career change because maybe younger people might get the chance, but maybe I'm also a judgmental here. Yeah, it it really depends also on the recruiter. So sometimes and, and it's the a company question as well, of luck, sure. the, the company. But I worked, for instance, for a very stable business in the UK, and the average age over there was over over forty, I think fifty, and uh, they were regularly recruiting people in that age category. So. Maybe second best tip is also um, find a headhunter that specializes in that group. Yeah, and sometimes you might need to branch out out of the area that you know, maybe even consider relocating, but re be really open to, um, to new avenues. So for those who are 45, 50, 60, is freelancing their best option or building their own business? It right really now. depends on the person. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're in your 30s or 40s, I would say for sure. Yeah, because you still have 20 years ahead of you. Uh, you still have the time. If you feel that you are built for that, and I can see the trend in next 10, 15 years that people will not have the job. I have been made redundant twice in in last two years. Not because I was a bad performer, not because, you know, in one case, the company was moving their operations to a different continent. In the case before, we were not competitive enough, you know, and although you try hard. So if you're in your 30s, 40s, I would say consider freelancing and learning how to run your business. I think it's uh, a good skill as well. But then It's a good skill to have. Whether you it's go a back good and skill go. to have because even when you go back to employment, you you will think differently about your job, yeah, and uh, and uh, that may, that gives you a competitive advantage. So for sure, but um, if you are in your fifties, I think it's very tricky. Uh, I know there are, or I'm seeing that, that there are even coaches who specializes with working like in with people in their fifties. And uh, 
freelancing, I would say it then really depends on the personality, yeah, how you are built and cut for that because business and freelancing is not for everyone. Uh, it will depend on your financial stability. If you have mortgage that you already paid and you can afford to turn your passion into a business without the financial pressure, I would say that that's a, that's a nice good a nice good avenue to try. Yeah? When you have years of expertise and so on, you can turn that expertise into a freelancing business. But if you want to make a complete switch, completely change the career direction, and you are not financially sound, that would again create a burden on you, in my view. Yeah. So in that case, going into and again for somebody, this could be a big motivator. For another person, this could be a really big, uh, that would be a disaster, right? Like they feel really the pressure. And so, move, yes, they, they get stuck because of it. Yeah. And, and even move. So, I get it. It, 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 it is very tricky because the, uh, the age that, uh, that we retire at is, is even increasing. So, even in your 50s, you still have at least 15 years of working life ahead. And why stop at 65? What are you doing after? I'm not, I'm, when everyone tells me, hey, but you will retire at 65. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so what does it, what does it mean? I will just uh, sit and watch Netflix or start doing gardening, which I don't really like. Yeah. And at some point you still need to use your brain and maybe you will use it in a different way. And I have seen the people, I had uh, several interviews with people that really started their life after retirement, they started their yeah. businesses after retirement and they're more energetic than, uh, than ever. Yeah, and uh, just I, I agree with you. But uh, the, the one breakthrough tip that I have for this is um, really think about it if you are prepared for that change. Yeah, as I mentioned, if the change is going to add an extra pressure, then maybe it would make sense to go for one, two, three, four years into a job that you are familiar with and you have a better chances of, of finding that job. Um, I actually used to live with a lady. I think she was made uh, redundant uh, from a bank, I think in her 50s. And then she started her own freelance business working in events industry as an events manager. Yeah, so um, I know it's possible but uh, prepare for that and surround yourself with the network of people who are in that category, who made it work. Yeah, D don't listen to those who didn't. <laughs> uh, it, it, it sounds really harsh and judgmental. I get it. Or learn from them. Learn what Or learn what. from them, yes. yeah. But what I meant is, um, when you, whatever age you are in, 40, 50, you know, 55, even 30, if you are committed to your career change but you're in a group of people or surrounded by friends who are discouraging you from that or who are thinking why would you want to do that yeah or don't be naive because a dream job doesn't exist or why are you crazy that at 50 you want to run a business yeah and why not you know at that point your energy is taken by focusing on, on taking action, finding clarity, what is it that you want to do next, empowering yourself to take the action, to stay committed. Do you want to be spending your time explaining to others why all the time? Yeah, and, and this is what I meant, that the community of people with the similar mindset and similar goals it's very empowering because you, you just keep on going. You are learning from each other. And 
sometimes it means that you need to start looking at groups outside of your circles of friends. I'm not saying your friends are bad. No, uh, not at all. They are there to encourage you. But um, you need to start looking at things differently and, and connect with people who can support you on that journey, not discourage you from that. Yeah, and I know some of those communities as well uh, as 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 you do. So maybe we can share some because uh, some are some are free to join, and you can have a lot of support from external people who have changed uh, jobs. Adriana, I have one last question because I know it's time for for uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, your company is called Zero to Dream Job. Are there two or three signs that people can recognize to know that yes, I am there. This is what I'm supposed to do for now. Maybe it's not forever, but right now, this is my dream job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so in other words, how would people recognize if they're considering like, this is really my dream job? Yes. Yeah? Do okay. I really like it? Should I pursue <laughs> yeah. this? And am I on the right track? Okay, good. Um, the first one is, it gives you joy. Yeah, and I don't mean like when you're working through the bottom of, you know, like that failure and you're trying to push up, but, you know, maybe even that because you feel that satisfaction and you feel that joy that actually, yes, this this lights me up and you cannot fail that. It's people around you. If you think you're in the wrong job, ask people around you. Ask your friends and family because you might pretend you might have the best job that looks really great on the paper, but your face will not look like it at all. Yeah. And people who know you well, your partner, your close friends who are honest with you, they'll be able to tell you if this is the right job for you or not. So so the joy is number one. Um, it kind of makes sense to you. You know, it's um, uh, like... It makes sense to me to uh, to really empower people because I know there is going to be need for next 10, 20, 30 years to, to empower employees to really build fulfilling careers, to build a successful career. That might be the same for you, yeah? So if, if, uh, if you're in talent acquisition, what is the purpose of that for you? How do you feel that you are making a difference and your contribution every single day? Yeah, to, to stop that feeling, I'm feeling just like a number on a payslip. But turn it around and ask yourself, how am I contributing? And I think the third one, you will keep on going even if it feels difficult. Yeah, and I would say this is the biggest task because you might have your why and you might have your vision figured out and you know what your passion is. But when it comes to execution, you know, if there is obstacle that will really scare you and you're not working through it, this is going to be your test. So with the passion and in the dream job, even an obstacle, yeah, it feels like an obstacle, but it's something that you want to work through. Adriana, for those who want to contact you and work with you as a coach or ask for advice, how can they reach you? Very simple, zero to dreamjob.com. That's my website. Uh, If you're on Facebook, I also have a Facebook community. So you can find all. Uh, It's called the Zero to Dream Job Club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you can find all the details via my website. Uh, It's it's quite nice, easy, straightforward. Uh, There are links to join the Facebook group. So, are you reachable by uh, LinkedIn as well? 
I am uh, by my name. So on LinkedIn, you can find me by my name, Adriana Kosovska. And actually, I recently launched a, a profile as well on a LinkedIn for my company, but it's still building. So I would say um, I tend to keep my connections via my personal profile on LinkedIn. So by all means, Adriana Kosovska. Perfect. I'll make sure I'll uh, put a link in the description of the video as well. Thank you so much. Adriana, thank you so much for a very fun, relaxing and joyful and energetic discussion. Thank you very much. And I really want to acknowledge you also, Yulia, for this because um, your project sounds amazing. And I think it's really important to keep on this education. So people stop just working for money, but they really see it as an avenue to to shine their light, to show who they are and to be happy, to enjoy their life.